we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zelinsky. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this Thursday, January 25th, 2018 edition. Should have had a show done yesterday, but didn't. Been having a tough week with physio, so I kind of pushed myself a little too much. It was a little overzealous of me to think I was going to have two shows done this week. Listen, stay tuned at the end of the program. Got some stuff that I've been getting emailed on. Really want to take some time and talk about something important uh, in regards to the show at the end of the program which is also the reason why you probably saw I sent some survey questions out. Some people got five, some people got six. So survey questions, mailed, emailed, e-newsletter folks got them. My patrons got a special copy of questions. And so I'm really needing your feedback. I got to make some decisions going forward. Yeah, it's a new year and I do that every year. I send out a questionnaire and I'm going to talk about some of the results that I'm hearing, I'm getting. And I think this is really important for if you're a listener, you need to pay attention at the end of the show. So do stay tuned for that. Well, I've got something I really have been chomping at the bit to talk to you about. I wish I could have talked about this over the holidays, but as you know, I'm recovering from knee surgery. I really wanted to do this show weeks ago, so we're coming in at the tail end of this thing, but hey, that's okay. My guest today, I call him the super evangelist. It is a good friend of the show. It is the one and only Dr. Danny Morano. I invited him on to talk about what the Lord has really put on my heart to get behind and support. I think it is incredible. Let's call it project that you're embarking on. It's such a crucial mission. Give folks the backdrop and and really talk about this vital venture that you are embarking on here, Danny. Okay, wonderful. Yes, I'm very excited to share this, Sheila, with uh, our audience. I know you and I, we have quite a shared audience, so it's I still consider your audience family as well, and I appreciate them very much. Many of them also uh, follow our ministry and have supported our ministry and blessed us and prayed for us, so uh, I just love you all, and I just want to say that at the outset. I want to thank you guys for supporting the ministry. Many of you communicate with me and let me know how much the shows that Sheila and I have done together are blessing you and ministering to you. So I feel that I can reach out to you tonight as family. Uh, just a brief history, Sheila. Since I was in my 20s and just really in the, the infancy of my ministry, pastoring in St. Petersburg, Florida, the Lord just miraculously opened the door to the country of India to me. Every time it was a divine appointment, Sheila, every time it was a supernatural circumstance where God just brought 
Indian ministers or Indian businessmen across my path. We met at conferences. We met through several different avenues. I was just given this invitation out of nowhere. Would I like to come to India? And the first time I went, I went to northern India. Uh, Many of your listeners might be familiar with the big city, New Delhi. Uh, I was invited there to join some apostles and groups of pastors up there to do ministry up there. It was very, very exciting. It changed my life, changed my view of the gospel in many uh, ways, because, of course, I was only exposed pretty much to the American gospel up to that point. Had never really been in the Far East, and to see the humility and yet the power of the gospel being shared over there, even under persecution from the Hindus, and so uh, was something that just really transformed my whole point of view when it came to preaching the gospel worldwide. I also had the opportunity to go up into the mountains, uh, even closer to Kashmir, a place called Dehradun, where I was with a wonderful apostle up there who also opened the doors for me to minister in little villages. I mean, we made videos, Sheila, this is about 25 years ago. We made videos and put them on cable TV at that time, and they actually won awards because they were so gripping and so heart-rending uh, to see you know, what was going on there. And we went up into villages. I mean, I just felt like I was on another planet. And I, I had the privilege of preaching to these people that I would, could never have imagined preaching to. Uh, then it seems to have been increments of 10 years. 10 years later, uh, through another supernatural encounter, I was invited to more central India. Some of your listeners may know the minister that I'm going to mention, Ezekiel Francis, very powerful prophetic minister, strong in healing and deliverance, has had a real impact, especially in the area of Chennai, what is now called Chennai, used to be called Madras. And I was invited over to be part of those, you know, healing power meetings. And God, you know, God was very good, used me mightily over there in the gifts of the Spirit, healing and deliverance and the power ministry, the gift of faith that I often go forth in. We saw mighty things happen. And the people were just so wonderful. I mean, they were just so loving and giving and accepting. And people travel, uh, Sheila, from hundreds of miles When I go over there to do these meetings uh, that I'm about to talk about, not only pastors, but even the normal, uh, you know, Christians will travel very far distances to get to these meetings. And they're already over there praying and fasting. Uh, Brother Raja, who is going to be hosting me over there, uh, just sent me a a message, of, of uh, an audio message and some more pictures and video, he, letting me know how much the people are excited and they're in faith and they're believing for the miraculous visitation of the Holy Spirit because they remember, if you can imagine this, Sheila, they remember from 10 years ago when I was there, the mighty things that God did and they've been praying for me all these years and for my family and for my ministry. And it's just incredible, the retention that these humble, simple, what we would refer to as simple people have. They just remember and they care and they love. So I went there to the middle of India and we were on these coconut groves. It was amazing that the meetings that we had there and these big coconut groves, they just open up these coconut groves and have these big kind of what we would 
uh, term old time revival meetings, kind of old time, like R.W. Shambach type meetings out in the open under the big tent. We're going to see today, preacher, if you assent or if you just went. Those kind of meetings. I mean, I'm telling you what, God does show up in these kind of meetings, and people come with such faith, and people are praying and fasting before these meetings happen, and they're believing for God to show up. And guess what? The Holy Ghost shows up in power and might and demonstration, and many people get saved and healed and delivered and set free. So that was great. And then 10 years later, what happened there? Let me let me explain this real quick. That was the time when I was going through major grief, Sheila. I had lost my first wife, believe it or not, as a, a, a minister who focused so much on healing. I lost my first wife to ovarian cancer. So I was actually in the midst of grief, and God still called me to go and operate in the ministry of healing. God, you know, God is something else, you know? He doesn't think the way we think, and he doesn't do things the way we do things. He did not want my faith shattered because of that trial. And I went over there, and it was powerful, but I was on the soulless, in the spiritual side, it was so powerful and so much fruit and so much, so many great things happened. But on the soulish side of the coin, I was I was suffering. I was in deep grief, and I was my gasoline was just draining. My tank was going empty, and I had to stop at one point. They wanted me to do more and more meetings, and in fact, I was supposed to do another week or two of meetings in Malaysia on the way back from India, and I canceled those meetings. I just couldn't do them. I just emotionally, I just couldn't couldn't do it. And I'll never forget, Sheila, the pastors and their wives were coming to where I was staying. They were bringing me gifts and they were saying, please, brother Danny, please just come to our church. Please stay, please. And I felt so bad. And I said, I am so sorry. I promise you, I said, I promise you before the Lord that I will come back again and I will finish what we've started here, but I just can't do it right now. So uh, long story short, I went through a whole episode after that. Sheila, you know some of my story. And, you know, I got married again and I moved to the, you know, the continent of Europe and I had a whole different life for some time, a whole new family and everything. And I was involved in little ministry ventures that I, you know, started up in that time. And so, but I always knew that India was a landmark for my true calling from Jesus. Going back to when I first talked about that first trip to India about 25 years ago, I had an incredible vision, incredible supernatural vision where I actually saw the face of my Lord. And he said to me, will you go? Will you go for me? Will you go for me? He asked me three times and I answered three times. And on the third time that I answered, his face, it was kind of a human face, like you would imagine how his face was when he was on earth, when he was asking me the questions. But when I answered the third time, his face became like the description in the book of Revelation. His eyes turned to fire. His face was blazing like bronze. His hair was white like wool, shiny silver. I can't even explain it. And there was a sword coming out of his mouth. And that face in the vision went up into the middle of the sky 
And it was a crazy thing. It was like I was standing across from that face in midair in the sky looking down. And the power that was emanating from that face was going down toward the earth. And when I looked down toward the earth, I saw this stage, a big stage. And I could recognize that I was on that stage and there were other people there and so on. And then I looked out into the crowds and I saw masses of people. And I saw God's power going over those people, the power of the Holy Spirit. And people were being just knocked down by the power of God. And God, you know, the, the Holy Spirit was going forth. And it kept switching the stage from country to country to country. And the Lord called me to do that. That's a quarter of a century ago. And... Um, I believe that God is still going to fulfill that completely in my lifetime. I have faith to do that. That was 25 years ago. So India occurred right after that vision. Right after I had that vision, I had the first divine appointment uh, where a couple of pastors came to me and they invited me out in the middle of nowhere. They didn't know me, Sheila. They didn't see me minister on the stage or preach or anything. The Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, go up and tell that young man to come to India and preach. And I went there. Um, so I always have known that India is a landmark. And when I left off on that second uh, trip 10 years later, and I had to leave because I couldn't do it anymore, I made kind of a a fleece to God. And I said, you know, God, I believe you will meet me back in India. And when I was in Germany, I was in Germany for several years, and I really was not turning the world upside down for Christ. I was kind of living a pretty normal type of life. And I started to do this little ministry, which was very powerful, actually. We were ministering to refugees from the war-torn countries like Kosovo and Bosnia. They came from Iraq and Iran. They came to my house on Sundays, and I preached to them. We had like four different languages going with just about 10 to 20 people. Uh, baptized them in my bathtub and there and everything. It was wonderful. But at one point, I felt led to shut it down. Because it was coming to a point where I didn't feel the Lord's breathing upon it anymore. And I said to the Lord at that time, Sheila, I said, Lord, I believe you're going to meet me back in India. That's where I left off the real calling that you have for me. I left it off in India. And this is how I'm going to know that you, Jesus, are calling me back into the full-time ministry is when you open the doors for India again, because I had no connection anymore. I had broken off all connection. I had no connection to get to India. Well, lo and behold, you know, I don't know how long afterward, a year or two, I don't know how long it was. Through a supernatural event, a sister that used to be involved with me in the ministry invited me to a meeting, and I'm just going to go through it very briefly, of a prophetic brother that I've become very good friends with, a German prophet. Uh, he was ministering just in a small little house church, and I went to that meeting, and uh, he, he blessed me. He prophesied over me. It was very powerful. And I was leaving the meeting, and the Holy Spirit said, go back up and say goodbye to that brother. And at first, I was going to just be disobedient. I was being kind of brutish and I wasn't going to do it. And the Holy Spirit kept speaking to me strong. Go back upstairs and say goodbye to that brother and thank him for his ministry. So I was finally obedient, Sheila, and I went back up and I'll never forget this. I tapped the brother on the shoulder. He was talking to some other people and he turned around and the Holy Spirit, the, the glory of God for, was on his face. And he turned around to me and he said, brother, God wants me to ask you something. 
And I said, what is it, brother? Go ahead. You know, and I was scared. I thought, oh, oh he's going to move into word of knowledge. He's going to read my mail. I'm trying to think, what did I do wrong last week, last month, last year? <laughs> <laughs> That's what was going through my mind. But he turned around, Sheila, and he said to me, the Lord wants me to ask you if you want to go to India with me next month. Wow. Yeah, I almost fell on the ground. And I said, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. But I just went believing that that time that I would just support financially and support in prayer and so on. Anyway, I went with him and the Lord blew my mind when we got there on the first day in front of a couple hundred pastors up on a, a roof. That's how they do it in parts of India. They actually meet on the rooftops because there's enough room for a lot of people on the rooftops. And we're getting ready for this meeting. And the brother turns to me and says, Danny, you preach today. I said, what? He said, yeah, I, I just feel the Lord telling me you're, the, you're supposed to preach today. I hadn't preached publicly like that before a great group of people in probably 10 years, Sheila. And I was wow. scared. I'm not going to lie to you. Is God still going to be there? Is the anointing going to show up like it used to? Am I going to be able to speak like I did before and so on? And I got up to preach Christ and it was like... <clears throat> We never skipped a beat. The Holy Spirit was there. It was like I had never stopped. And uh, they were so blessed and God moved. And then we went on to other meetings and so on and so forth. Anyway, the apostle that I'm working with now, young man, he's in his 40s. He and his wife, they were just here about two months ago. And we saw miraculous healing for the wife because she was attacked with a stroke. And she has uh, been healed and is getting better and better and better every day. Uh, we prayed for her while she was here. They invited me to come back again. And they wanted to set up crusades for me. And they wanted to set up pastor's conferences for me. So I said, yeah, I'll pray about it. But I mean, I don't see any reason why the Lord would not want me to do it. So uh, about six months later, I think it was, a little bit later, I came back and the Holy Spirit just moved so powerfully, Sheila. I mean, just powerfully. We had, and I won't go into those testimonies because we don't have the time, some other time. But just to, just to say, God did great and mighty miracles. So once again, I came back from that India trip. My life got complicated. I lost touch. And I was cut off from India again. So now I've been praying for several years because I lost contact with his brother. The brother lost contact with me. And I thought, I need to go again. And the Holy Spirit has miraculously linked us up again. He found me through Facebook, I think it was, and contacted me. He's been over here, and now he's given me the invitation to go over there. And uh, the people are just excited. They still remember. They still remember those powerful meetings from 10 years ago and how God moved and the miracles that he did and the lives that were changed and fellowships were formed and, and pastors came into the ministry and all kind of power. So we're about to head over there again now after about 10 years once again. And I'm believing God for great and mighty things. And I believe this time, Sheila, that it's not just going to be a one-time thing. And uh, I know we'll, it'll be a powerful time because the way we do it is I go there. We're going to go to several strategic areas where several hundred pastors will come together. I'm going to impart to those pastors, minister to them, equip them, train them, teach them, lay hands on them, minister to them. 
And then they're going to come to the Crusades with us, which we're going to do out in open air. Uh, you know, the lost and, and the other people that are coming for healing and deliverance and salvation. So it's a very, very powerful thing because when those pastors go to the field with me, those people, when they come to surrender their lives to Christ, they go right into these fellowships. I don't say, I don't do the old kind of Billy Graham thing, go find a church now. Uh, I have the pastors right there. They receive the people into their assemblies and they continue discipling the people. And what's great about it is that we've already formed a bond together uh, before we've gone to the field. So we have a connection. And hopefully the Holy Spirit has also imparted the vision, the anointing, the word, the revelation for them to carry on after I'm gone. They did it the last time I was there. They used to send me videos and updates of what was going on, how God was still moving even after I had left. So we're believing for that. And we're believing that this is also going to open up into greater meetings. We're looking toward the city of Chennai, which is, you know, multi-millions of people that we would go back again and we would do even bigger meetings, bigger crusades in, in Chennai. And we're believing God for great and mighty things. So I just want to appeal to those of you, if you're discouraged, Sheila and I, we talk a lot about uh, what's going wrong with the gospel over here in the West and how things can seem to be very dead and compromised. And you feel like you're sowing into ground that's polluted and, and not really uh, what it should be. And you want to invest in the real kingdom of God, okay, what God is doing organically with people who have never heard the gospel with, you know, I hate to even use the word pastors. I like to use the word shepherds. Uh, these shepherds that are barely surviving themselves, they believe God for what they, you know, for what they need for them and their families. And they go into places where angels fear to tread to share the word of God with the lost people of that dark continent. Uh, we want to go there and not only bless them spiritually through the revelation and the message and the um, you know powerful demonstration and manifestation of the Holy Spirit ministry, but we also want to go there and support them with the Matthew 25 ministries that they're doing. Uh, the brother that I'm going to and many of the other pastors that work with him are running orphanages where they're taking in lost children that are just abandoned, just left for dead. You know, the families can't support them, so they just abandon them. Uh, they're running these orphanage and taking care of them. Many, many, many children. If you go to my Facebook page, God is Not Religious, uh, you can see many of the pictures that I've posted up there of Brother Raja and his ministry, which is called Nehemiah Ministries. You see the pictures up there. You'll also see where I've shared about India. And you'll also be able to see where Brother Raja himself, when he was here, shared about his ministry in India. They also go to the leper colonies. They also take care of many, many widows. Okay, they don't have the kind of system like we have over here, which even though it's getting worse and worse every day, there's still something there for, you know, widows and single mothers. And so over there, it's very difficult. So the church has to really step in there and be, you know, God's hand extended for their welfare. So we want to support this, you know, on a long-term basis. We're believing God, Sheila, and these are small numbers, okay? What I'm going to throw out here are tiny numbers. 
And it's not because I lack faith. It's just that I'm going to put out a small number and see how people respond. We're believing God for about five to ten thousand dollars expenses to put on the meetings, which is nothing in comparison. Uh, If I went to go rent one of these big places here in the States, it would cost me, you know, in the tens of thousands for a night or, or more. Uh, We can do it maybe with a couple thousand dollars over there. Also, we want to get this uh, technically, you know, videotaped and so on so I can bring it back and I can show you folks what God's doing over there. And also, we're believing God for at least $10,000 to start our support for these ministries over there, to support the orphanages, to support the ministry to the widows and the poor and also the leper colonies and so on. So I just want to put that out there to your audience. Please, you know, help us if the Lord puts it on your heart, which he doesn't need to put it on your heart. He put it in his word. Okay. But just seek the Lord about helping us. Uh, If you go to my website, godisnotreligious.net, godisnotreligious.net. If you go, you'll see the prompts and the uh, drop downs at the top. Click on cart. It will take you right to the donate page, or you can scroll down to the bottom of the home page and you'll see a button clearly right there. I think it's a little yellow button and it says donate. You can click that and it'll take you right to the donation page and you can donate through PayPal, you can donate with your credit cards and so on and so forth. Now, let me ask you this, Danny, for those out there yeah. listening. And I, folks, I highly encourage you to do this. I'm supporting this because I think it is, well, it's biblical for us to be um, helping the poor, the needy, the orphans, the widows. Danny has already vetted this. And I know a lot of you email me a lot and you ask me, hey, you know what? God's put it on my heart to support an orphanage. There's a lot of questions a lot of people have. They don't know what's legit. I can assure you this is a legitimate ministry. And I am asking for you to get your your checkbooks out. Now, Danny, for people that don't have PayPal or access to computer, tell folks right now how they can get you a check for this as well or send money in the mail by snail mail. Okay. Uh, if you s- just write the check out to Danny Morano, just write it out to my name and send it to the following address, 438 Rotherwood Drive, R-O-T-H-E-R-W-O-O-D, Rotherwood Drive, Charleston, South Carolina, 29407. Folks, I also have that link there in the bio, the mailing address, as well as the direct link to the PayPal. It's You'll see it in the description as well. You just have to scroll down. All that information is linked there. I'm asking everyone to really get behind this ministry. I mean, crusades, you know, you might not be able to get to India yourself. You know, soul winning and deliverance and healing. What an incredible impact this is making, furthering the gospel, advancing the kingdom. It's so important. Now, Danny, what about folks out there that might feel compelled to join you in future endeavors with India, come alongside this ministry in India that is helping orphans, helping widows, helping the poor, the sick, the needy, the homeless. I guess it's too late probably this time, but is there an opportunity for folks to get involved in a future mission? Well, I would definitely encourage those people to uh, pray about that and prepare, be prepared for next time. I really think it's a little short notice right now 
to work in a group of people to go. I have a couple people that are going with me this time, but we will make it available in the coming trips for those that are interested. Uh, I would say get involved this time from here. Get with us on this. And what I'm going to do, Sheila, I'm going to do my best. I'm believing God for this, and I'm going to bring back footage. In fact, I even have footage from 10 years ago that I'm going to pick up when I'm there. And we're going to do the footage while we're there this time. I'm going to bring that footage back. I want us to do shows and share that footage and people can see what we're doing. And if you're really interested in being involved in that, then you can make contact with our ministry. And of course, I want to get to know you and I want you to come on recommendation. Uh, I'm not just going to cart people over there that are absolute strangers that I don't know. Uh, because this is a very intense environment, folks. It's intense demonic manifestation and spiritual warfare. So I don't want to just bring people that I don't know where they're at spiritually uh, into that kind of conflict and uh, be responsible before the Lord for that. So pray about it. Ask God to bear witness to it. Uh, you know, when you make contact with our ministry and the Lord will make the way. If you're supposed to be there, I believe that you'll be there. I put it out about two months ago. I started to put it out for people that wanted to be involved on this trip. But now we're less than two weeks away, so I'm not going to extend invitations for this trip at this point. But if you're interested in going on other trips, uh, then, you know, get get in touch with us. Get involved in our ministry. Let us get to know you. Uh, You know, of course, if Sheila knows some of you and she recommends you as well, that's going to mean a lot to me. Uh, We want to know that the people that we're bringing are definitely going for the right reason, that they're spiritually prepared for that. And uh, God will God will bless you. Trust me, it will change your life. Absolutely. Matthew 25. That is a really, really important scripture. You know, this is what bothers me in society today is that, and I think here in the West, one of the things is, number one, we're very spoiled. We don't have a clue what poverty is like. And there's very few people that are going to the lost, reaching the sick, the impoverished, the the widow, the orphan. We're told to do this in scripture. And so I know Raj's ministry is legit. And that's why I really want to encourage people to do this, Danny, because again, we really in the West, we have no concept what a hard life is. We have comfy beds and reliable vehicles, and we can just drive to a church. These people walk hundreds of miles, usually with no footwear. But this is the the frustrating part. We have all these mega pastors on TV. Their light bills alone, let's face it, are more than most of you and I make in a year. They get on TV, and maybe some of them are legit, but a lot of times they show these pictures of little starving kids, and people just tune it out because there's a lot of distrust for some of these ministries. Some people think the kids don't get the money, and in some cases they don't. And so that it really makes it hard when there is a legitimate need. I'm genuinely saying there are poor and starving kids where Danny's going. There are leper colonies. Who, who's seen a leper colony lately? People are not seeing starving kids on their front doorstep. They're not seeing lepers in their own backyard. They're only seeing these images on TV, of course, that make them tune out because of questioning legitimacy. And so you've got all this going on and and people just tend to tune out. It's a real mess and it makes it hard when there's really a legitimate need. Yes, yes. Well, you know, this is the thing too, Sheila, and I try not to be too judgmental here when it comes to this because... You know, if you have never been there and have never experienced it, 
if you've never been to you know a third world country so to speak and experienced how the freedom of the spirit and the faith of poorer people and how god can move in those environments as opposed to you know the Roman civilization. I still see the West today as the Roman civilization where we grow up. We don't know any better. We don't know. Many times we're, you know, we're not even tested to the point where we really have to trust God. If we're sick, we go to the doctors. We have insurance or the government covers us through welfare. If we're poor, many times most of us can go and get EBT, food stamps. Uh, You know, if we're emotionally sick or we're demonically oppressed we go to psychological doctors and they give us prescriptions and they treat us with freudian psychology and we have all the self-help gurus and all the i mean it's just a glut of alternatives which i would refer to as as it says in the book of job smears of falsehood physicians of no value But most people in the Western countries, and even Christians, okay, uh, they have been so inundated and they're so bludgeoned with all of this faithless alternative medicine, whether internal or external, in other words, for the mind and heart or for the body, that they don't cultivate their faith. And they also are so self-consumed and people are being brought up to be so self-consumed. Uh, even the counterfeit church is, you know, all caught up in what's yours. Believe God for what's yours, your home, your family, your friends, your marriage, your children, your career, your prosperity, your success. I mean, on and on and on, right? There's not this cultivation of an other's mentality that we're here, as Jesus gave in his two commands, to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. No, we're brought up to love ourselves. Yeah. And what's what's really sad is that that's being taught under the banner of so-called Christianity in most contemporary and even now in the traditional churches have taken on this kind of best life now, health and wealth gospel, all the stuff that we talk about quite often. So until someone has that experience where they actually come into contact and encounter the real alternative of how God can move when all that nonsense is not in the way, they really don't understand it. They can't envision it. They can't. It's almost like I, I've been to Mars and I try to start to tr- explain Mars to people. Okay, they can appreciate my descriptions. They can be moved by some of the word pictures I create. Even if I were to show literal footage of Mars and so on. But what is the difference if they were to step on Mars, and I'm, I know I'm out in fantasy land here, but just follow my example. It's its one thing to read about it, to hear about it, to watch it on video, to listen to a testimony, and these things are all great. But when I taste it myself, when I experience it myself, when I'm there myself, it's a completely different thing. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, I believe that the Western nations come under Jesus's Church of Laodicea, where they believe that they're rich, but Jesus says, but you're poor. 
They believe that they have it. Jesus said, you're missing it. They believe that they're strong. And Jesus says, you're weak and so on and so forth, right? Because they don't know any better. And until you have that encounter with the real Jesus Christ, and he tells you that, and that brings you to repentance, and you're convicted of that, and you seek him, and you're willing for him to, as he said in Revelation, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see the way he sees, to anoint your ears to hear his word, um, you know, to soften your heart, to experience his true compassion and his true priorities, okay, his true values, what really matters to heaven, not what matters to earth, until you come to that place of nakedness and transparency before God, you're caught up. You're caught up in the matrix. You, you just don't see it. You just don't understand. So I say to people, will you let the real Jesus, he's knocking on the door. You know, we've talked about this before, Sheila. I think I've quoted it on your show. Revelation 3.20, we use that for evangelism. We go to sinners and quote them Bible scriptures. When Bible scriptures were not written for sinners, they were written for people who know God. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, speaking to those who claim to believe in him, because he was speaking to the churches when he said this. He wasn't speaking to the world. He said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. He who hears my voice and opens the door of his heart. I will come into his heart, and I will break bread with him and share my drink with him, and he likewise with me. That's an invitation to intimacy. That's an invitation to transparency, to brokenness before our Lord, where he can actually take your mind off of you, your heart's desire, your heart's dreams, your heart's visions, and some of you, your fake hireling pastor's vision and church temple vision, okay, Masonic temple vision, and actually put it on the vision of Christ's heart, what he cares about, who he actually came to die for, right? Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy and wealthy. I did not come for the prosperous, for those who are having their best life now. He said, I've come for the poor and the broken and the destitute and the lost. He said a doctor doesn't go to those who are well and have no health problems. He goes to the sick. In the same way, the Son of Man has not come to call those who think they're righteous, but he's come to call sinners to repentance. Again, Jesus was speaking to the religious people of his day when he said that. He was speaking to supposedly God's nation on earth, the children of Israel. He said that in the audience of religious leaders. In today's culture, they would be called pastors and teachers, maybe even apostles and prophets. And Jesus said to them, because you say you have no sin, your sin remains. Because you say you can see, I take your sight from you. You go all the way around the world to make one convert, and then you turn him into twice the child of hell he was before. And Jesus said, and I'm more upset with you, not just because you are not entering the kingdom of God, but you are actually blocking the way for these others to enter into the kingdom of God. Will you not all fall into the ditch, blind guides leading the blind. I could go on and on, and most of you probably don't even know that I'm quoting Jesus. 
just the way Jesus spoke, people, okay? Yes, he spoke with compassion and, and lovely words, too. But that is compassion, what I just quoted to you. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to really look at things for what they really are and fall upon him and let him change the way you see things, what you value, what your priorities are, what matters, okay? Do I care about my children and do I want them to be saved and come into the kingdom of God? Absolutely, I pray for them every day, okay? But I also, I'm gonna go to the children in India and share with them the gospel and it's no different to God. You see people? Yeah. It's no different to God. God doesn't say, and, and the devil has come to me this way, Sheila, on several occasions through people who you know look so moral and righteous and said to me, oh brother, but you know, don't you need to take care of what God has given you here? What do you need to go all the way over there? You don't even know this, but what about your children here? What about your family here? And I say, well, I can only tell you what Jesus said. If any man comes after me, let him hate his mother and his father and his brother and his friends. Yes, and his own soulish self-life also. And let him deny himself and let him take up his cross and follow me, right? And Jesus said, go preach the gospel. And the first man said, oh, I will, Lord. It's just that I got to take care of my business first. And he walked away. And Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. And the next man said, oh, I will, Lord. But I just let me bury my father first. And another said, I have to take care of my farm. I have to take care of my family. Once I'm done with all that, then, Lord, I'm all yours. Right? And Jesus said, you are not fit. You are not worthy of the kingdom of God because you put your hand to the plow, but you're looking back. You're like Lot's wife, looking back to Sodom and Gomorrah, claiming that you're fleeing from wickedness. So I didn't mean to preach, but I just say to you people, Jesus has to change our priorities in the West. That's what it is, Sheila. You see, all the things that supposed Christians are caught up with today are the very things that Jesus told you to leave behind in order to follow him. I just quoted you his words. He that does not forsake all that he has and all that he's about and all that he's ever known cannot be my disciple. So Jesus says, forget about politics. Forget about everything about your family. Forget about your community. Forget about your this and your that. And go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But you go into the counterfeit church today, what does the counterfeit church tell you? Vote Republican. Focus on your family. Try to prosper financially. Focus on your own little community. Be insular. Build this kingdom of your hireling pastor. Follow his vision. Okay, the pastor has a vision. There's nothing in the scripture. I'm sorry, Sheila. There's nothing in the scripture about a pastor's vision. This is some American nonsense that, that started about 40, 50 years ago. There's nothing in the scripture where Jesus said, you are to be faithful to your pastor's vision, to the vision of your temple church. No, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is what we're supposed to be focusing on. So while billions and billions and billions of dollars 
go into thieves' coffers, like the den of thieves that Jesus whipped those thieves out of the temple 2,000 years ago, claiming that they were preparing the sacrifices of the Lord. And Jesus said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves and made a whip and whipped them out of the temple. The billions and billions and billions of dollars that are going into these man-made Masonic temples and these man-made New Age, Gnostic, milquetoast Christianity visions of hireling pastors who are feeding themselves at the expense of the people. The rest of the world, a large, large part of the world, is starving to death, spiritually and materially. How do we justify this, Christians? And I think this is the point that Sheila was getting at. How do we justify that kind of mentality? You people who claim that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is your Lord, so many of you went on a gorge, went on an orgy last month, running up your credit cards, running up your consumer debt to celebrate the birth of Nimrod and to worship Tammuz and Semiramis. Yes, these Christmas figures that claim to be Mother Mary and Jesus of Nazareth at Christmas time. Buying pyramid evergreen trees to put your consumer idolatry under and train your children in idolatry and covetousness, all in the name of Jesus. Okay, billions and billions. I think the number's like two trillion that's spent every year in America or in the in the north uh, the northern hemisphere of the Americas spent on this Christmas orgy. Meanwhile, people are starving to death and the gospel has not gone all over the world to nations like we're talking about tonight. How can we justify this people? How can we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and say, "Lord, Lord, Lord, have we not yeah, we prophesy. Yeah, we supposedly cast out devils. Yeah, we supposedly healed the sick. And Jesus will say, when did you do that? Because all I see is you were so busy doing this over here, which was a direct abomination to me. When did you have time for Matthew 25 to feed the poor, to clothe the naked, to go to the sick and dying, to take the homeless into your homes, to go to the prisons? When did you have time? You were too busy training your children in covetousness and greed and idolatry. So people, 2018, Sheila, you asked me about before we started this program, will 2018 be the year that Western Christians stop pretending to be followers of Christ while they're actually idolaters who love the world and everything that the world is all consumed with? Will this be the year that we throw off the chains of the counterfeit church system, the false hireling pastoral priesthood, abominable lie of tithing to a Masonic temple institution to keep the mortgage paid and the utilities on so we can come and put on our show for Jesus when Jesus told us to go, to go and preach the gospel. Every Christian is to go and preach the gospel wherever their circle of influence. Not that we're supposed to congregate together and continue to, you know, lift up our own agendas in the name of Jesus, in the name of God. So I just encourage you all. I love you all. And I do hope, even though I just once again, as I always do, gave you the truth. 
I hope that you still will see the heart of Christ and you'll support uh, what we're trying to do. Thank you, Sheila, for this opportunity. Thank you, Danny. I'm really kind of doing the clarion call here, folks, for you to get behind this. I really want to see Danny raise that money so possibly we can get an update here. It's coming up fast and furious. So I'm asking for people right now, you know, make that PayPal donation. If you're on PayPal, get a check off, pray about an amount. Everyone, I believe Danny can do something. And I'm really encouraging folks to to do this because we are commissioned to do that. And I think it's just, I think it's really important. And I can't wait to get a report when you get back, Danny. Thank you so much, Sheila. I appreciate it. God bless. Folks, that was Dr. Danny Morano. GodIsNotReligious.net, all the information how to donate to this incredible mission trip to India. It is linked there in the description today. Let's get behind Danny. Let's help him reach his goal. He's just done so much for this audience. We've all been so blessed by him. Year after year after year, he comes on the program. Sometimes I get him once a month. That's like 12 times a year. He's really blessed us. Let's really dig down deep and get Danny's $10,000 goal raised. Boy, could we get 20 people donating $500? Whatever the amount, really dig down deep, get behind this. And I know God will richly bless you for this endeavor. It's such an important trip. So thank you for that, folks. So appreciative. Hey, listen, very quickly. I promised you I was going to give you a bit of an update in the end here. Hey, I had a lot of people email me about the app disappearing. That's right. The Weekend Vigilante just disappeared out of the app stores. But we've worked on it. We've got it resolved. And it is back in the app store. Just type Weekend Vigilante and you can download the amazing customized app that a lot of people are telling me on this survey. Hey, by the way, speaking of survey, I'm putting out my annual survey. I do it every year. Hey, while I was off, I had some time to consult with some professionals to assist me with some strategies. I didn't reach my monthly support goal and I'm in the red, but I'm determined on getting over in the black. So your feedback helps us make some decisions going forward in 2018. I'm not giving up on finding a solution. I would love it if you would go over there to Sheila.media. If you got behind the ministry, supported it financially, go to the donate page over there at Sheila.media and pick your option. And I want to thank you for that. And thank you to my patrons for your support. It means so much to me. And I thank you so much for listening to the program. Tomorrow, we have a fantastic program with the one and only David Langford. It's going to be a fantastic show. We will see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.